Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome. I am very, very lucky to have with me David Ward, who is, of course, the General Secretary of the Communication Workers Union, one of the great fighting unions. Also, I'd say the sassiest union on social media. Do you think that's fair, Dave? Quite sassy. Yeah, I do, yeah. yeah I'm not going to claim all the credit for that, Owen. Um, got a great <laughs> I like team. to think it's just single-handedly Dave no, just no, sitting never there. Worked, and... It never works like that. We've got a great team, but one of the things we've, we have done, uh, and I've always believed in this, and I think I've said it to you before, is that I want innovative people uh, around the union uh, and in our communications team as a communications union. You know, I think we are leading the way and, you know, we try things, we take risks. Um, they've got total access to me and the other leaders of the union. Um, you know, they can barge in at any point. Uh, they may even come in while we're in this interview and ask me to go live or something. And they do it to all the officers now in the union. So, it's a culture that we're developing of engagement in the union. And I've always believed in that. Um, we develop it as well, obviously, face-to-face, -face, uh, you know, and you can never substitute face-to-face. -face. But there's such a, a wide role um, for, you know, being able to engage on all platforms at the moment, and we take advantage of that. And that is the reason why, if you've looked at some of the ballot results that we're getting, um, you know, I mean, they're incredible. The, the levels of engagement in those ballots uh, tells me that there's no worker that's unreachable at the moment. We're going to talk about that. Um, first, I want to talk about enough is enough. So Britain faces a, I would say, a looming humanitarian crisis. I don't think that's an exaggeration. It's simply impossible uh, for millions of families to be able to pay the energy bills, which could be up to over five grand projected um, a year. Around 45 million people, this is not statistical accident or mistake, uh, are projected to go into fuel poverty as a consequence. That's the large majority of the British population as things stand. Now, I'm interested, what is enough is enough? What's the what's the purpose? What's the kind of strategic aim? And I guess, why is it different? Because there have been these campaigns before. There's a People's Assembly Against Austerity, which both of us have been involved in. So what's the kind of big strategic aim of enough is enough? And, and guess, why is it different from what's come before? I think the big strategic aim, um, I mean, others who are involved in it may have sort of different perspectives than that, but mine is certainly it's about building collectivism. Um, I think it's about seeing, uh, from our point of view, trade unionism in its widest possible context. I think it's about reconnecting with working class uh, communities. It's about bringing people together. And it fills a political vacuum that exists at the moment where I don't believe any mainstream political party is actually charting a course that people believe in. And, you know, from a point of view of the Labour Party, that's that's disappointing. Uh, let's hope that it's also something that will make Labour realise, you know, that it's time to be bold in, in setting out their vision for the future. So I think it could achieve um, that aim of being in front of Labour and driving Labour to the right position. Uh, I also think it will assist in rebuilding union power in the UK. And I think it's it's got this 
unique opportunity because of the nature of the people that are in it to be something different from previous left campaigns. And we want it to be that. We want to reach out. We want to be, uh, you know, a campaign that gets into the heart of every community. So, you know, as you've seen, I mean, you know, Mick Lynch, uh, the RMT, uh, heavily involved as well. Uh, and, you know, Mick's been brilliant on the media. And I think he's he's putting arguments across, and hopefully we're putting arguments across, that don't just talk about the strikes, but talk about the causes of the strikes. And, you know, start offering solutions to people. And I'll come on to that maybe uh, as we talk about it. But in terms of our next steps, we want to start building, um, you know, solutions for some of the problems that, that people are facing in the UK. You mentioned Minch then. One of the things he said is the working class are back. We're back as a movement. We're back as an energy. I, I'm just interested in that idea. Is this kind of what is quite striking about enough is enough is it's got an unapologetic kind of working class orientation, working class leadership being at its centre. Maybe in a way that some similar movements haven't had quite that focus on class politics and the idea of, putting the British working class at its centre? Do you think, I don't know, is there something in that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's time to recognise that working class people um, are good, decent people wherever they are. Uh, and what we want to do is, is bring people together across um, race, across gender, ethnicity, uh, all, all of the diversity uh, strands. We, we want to bring people together. And we believe that you can't actually move forward um, on some of the big social issues uh, unless you bring working class people together. And trade unions, I think, have a unique reach. We we go into workplaces, let's be honest. I mean, you know, not all of our members uh, are going to vote for the parties that we want them to vote for. But all of them, uh, when it comes to uh, some of the big issues, they have this way of coming together and we want to spread that out across community uh, communities. So, you know, we've been great supporters of saying that trade unions should work much more closely with community organisations. And I think it's the coming together of those two groups that will make this very different. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we don't want it to be uh, factional. Uh, we don't want it to be a new political party. We want it to be a social movement uh, that's powerful that deals with the problems and shows the direction that whoever's in government needs to take. And I think you're going to see that happen. Before I ask about the specifics of strikes, the, the planned strikes, that CWU, but others obviously engaged in industrial action. If we look at France at the moment, it's tricky. I mean, Macron is no leftist, to put it bluntly. But what, what the French government have done is they're, they're keeping energy bills down for most French households for about 4% increase, which is obviously a lot less than currently projected in Britain by a very long way. And a lot of focus has been quite understandably on state ownership there of, of energy. But it strikes me one of the other absolute central factors is the French government is scared of the French people, and understandably so, because there's been these big movements whether you go back to 1968, when the, the, you got basically a, nearly a revolution in France, uh, you got the 1990s under Macron as well, the regressive carbon tax, you got a mass movement there, the so-called gilets jaunes and so on, also against pension reform. And at the moment, the British government just aren't scared of the British people. So they, they don't have the same fear. 
Do you think there's something in that? And do you think maybe a logical conclusion of that is to tap into a British tradition, which however much the powerful eraser is as British as queuing or afternoon tea, civil disobedience. And is civil disobedience something, do you think, that could be peaceful civil disobedience, to be clear, that could be supported and encouraged by the likes of Enough is Enough? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you, it's, not, it's not good enough to talk about problems. You have to take forms of action. Uh, you know, as we see it moving forward, we've got the rallies that are going on at the moment across the UK. We, we've got some really great speakers uh, who are willing to come onto platforms now. We want to spread the diversity of those speakers. We want to make sure that they include as many community organisations in towns and cities uh, that, that we, you know, we hold these rallies. Uh, the, the early indications are is they're absolutely, you know, queuing up to come in. I mean, the one at Clapham Junction at the Grand Theatre the other week, they had people queuing outside for a couple of hours beforehand. It was banged out, about 1,500 people inside, about the same outside. Um, so, you know, I think I think there is that moment. I do think that we have to think seriously about forms of collective action. And this is something that the CWU, uh, I believe RMT and others, are very committed to. Uh, and we want to develop those themes through a series of in-conversation programs that will sell to uh, social media platforms, that will sell to mainstream media, because I think they'll be interested. And it's all about building collectivism. And, and one of the things that Mick's been really effective at is that he's been able to talk about, you know, I almost describe him as like a working class economist. He's been able to simplify some of the arguments. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we're able to do likewise. Uh, and certainly in, in some of the disputes that we're in at the moment, there's the opportunity to talk about the reasons why you're in dispute, because the interviewers often come to you with the same old stuff about, you know, yeah, but, you know, you're fighting for this, but aren't you going to add to inflation? Well, you can start to explain the reality that, you know, whatever the crisis, um, you know, whether it's the 2008 financial crisis, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the cost of living crisis, whether it's the uh, climate emergency, the, the reality for working people is unless we stand up together and say how we believe the country needs to change right. and, and what the solutions are to these problems, then working people across the piece will pay the price for it. So I'm a big supporter of developing forms of collective action. Uh, the approach that we want to take is to think it through we haven't got long because of what you said about the 1st of October, um, but we will be announcing um, forms of collective action that people can take part in. But, you know, as I said to you, I mean, it's not just about protests. We want to start giving a platform uh, for people to talk about solutions, uh, an alternative economic approach. You know, you mentioned Macron. I mean, whatever, whatever you say, the, the social settlement in France is, is much better for working people uh, than it is in the UK. And we've got to find answers to some of that in, in a way that, you know, we, we challenge this imbalance, structural imbalance of power and wealth. Mm. And I've always said, I've said it on your programs before, that is what is sitting behind every single problem that we face. And unless you bring working class people together uh, and put that across in the right way that people get on board with it, 
um, you won't you won't change that. And I think, you know, what I'd say to some of the the left organisations, well intended, um, you know, you, you've got to build. You, you can't just change things overnight. You've got to have very sort of easy to understand points that you're making, um, and you've got to have campaigns that reach out wider than just left activists. And that's what what enough's enough is going is going to do. I mean, just quickly, because you mentioned <clears throat> Mick Lynch and look, trade unions are the biggest democratic movement of the country, representing about six million workers, but they're frequently treat, treated as not legitimate by mainstream media organisations, often denied platforms and treated basically, you know, with no respect. If you look at deference towards business leaders compared to democratically elected union leaders, there's a stark difference. Why do you think Mick Lynch has got this cut through? Because it's quite unexpected, I would say. What's happened? Well, he talks common sense, doesn't he? He he doesn't get flustered. Um, he he's not Mister Angry. Um, he, he's just there putting the arguments forward on behalf of his members. I don't think there's any anything more to it than that. And, and if you compare that with what's going on in politics, um, you know, on one hand, I, I mean, the stuff that's going on with the Tory party is it, just it, it, it's so. At times, it's so funny to watch it if it wasn't so serious. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, the lack of ability that is at the top of British politics today. We've had Johnson. Mm -hmm. we, we, he got found out eventually. He's always going to be found out eventually. But these people have got no new ideas. They, they don't understand the scale of the problems, the scale of the challenges that millions and millions are facing. And this, just, this hasn't just happened now. I mean, you know that. This has been decades in the making, and that's the point that I think Mick and other trade union leaders are getting over very effectively at the moment. Um, there's an imbalance of power and wealth, and you can't carry on in society and deal with all of these challenges that, that we're facing with the same old economic approach, with the same old um, approach from companies. And, you know, we, we can change things here. We're very confident that if we continue to build this in the way that it started, and that will take a lot of discipline, um, and it will take, uh, I think, all of the various groups that have been involved in campaigns to sort of say, you know, what is this about? Is, is it about trying to change things? And are we willing to compromise mm -hmm. our own thinking in order to bring people together? Um, because we're going to have to compromise uh, on certain ways of running campaigns, you know, you can't run campaigns by, you know, committee after committee. Um, there's there's a there's a wave of, of disputes at the moment. We're riding a wave, I think, of how angry people are in the UK, and to react to that as spontaneously as you, as you need to, you just have to try things. You know, if I could use the example of our own union uh, and the way that you, when we started this interview, you talked about our. Uh, the way we deal with social media you've got to be out there quick at that moment and you know that means you've just got to go for it but mm. you still got to develop the plan and i think getting the combination right between those two things we've got more chance of this and, and you know I, i've always believed that trade unions and the reach of trade unions alongside community organizers they bridge all of the divides that are manufactured in society and that's why it's so important that we give this a chance to grow. It will grow and it will bring about change. 
on on the specific issue of CWU strikes at the moment, the strike, the industrial dispute with Royal Mail, could you just explain what's going on to people who and why people should support it? But as well, now look, the anti-union laws are particularly restrictive, and they're going to get more restrictive if uh, Liz Truss has her way. Um, a lot of people, obviously, you get online. A lot of people go, "We want a general strike." Easier said than done. My uh, my great granddad had his wages docked in the last uh, general strike. Uh, in 1926, nearly a century ago. But there is talk of, coordin- of trying to coordinate strike action in some way. So I'm just interested, firstly, CWU, what's going on with the, the strikes and Royal Mail at the moment and why people can support it. And the issue is, could co- could there be a wave of coordinated strike action, maybe in tandem with mass protests, that kind of thing? How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Okay, so... Yeah, let, let's talk about, I mean, it's important for me to say that at the moment in the CWU, every part of our union um, is involved in taking strike action. Uh, so we've had successful ballots in the post office. We've had successful ballots across BT and Openreach. Yeah. And we've had successful ballots in Royal Mount. And from uh, tomorrow, Friday, the, the first Royal Mount strike takes place uh, for, I think it's since 2009. And... The, the BT strikes that we've already had are the first that have taken place in over 35 years. Um, and the post office strikes that have been taking place uh, uh, were the start of this uh, for us. So we've got all of those strikes. We've got our own um, coordination, if you like, our own wave of disputes, because that's the reality of where we are at the moment with the various employers. And, you know, we, we've got strikes going on over the next five or six days. Uh, specifically on Royal Mail, actually, it's the same on all of them. You know, we've got a situation where the company imposed a 2% pay offer. Uh, Well, I say it wasn't an offer, they imposed it. And the company are also intent on bringing in changes now that are going to destroy the the Royal Mail services as we know it. Uh, And that's not the union um, saying that we're against change. You know, this is another thing that we keep pointing out. You know, we, we've got all of the agreements in place. We 
understand that you have to keep moving forward. We understand that you've got to change to survive, particularly in a communications industry. And we understand that letters and delivery of letters is not going to be, uh, you know, the future of the company. It's got to capture parcel growth. Um, it's got to, in our view, it's got to expand the role of postal workers and use the universal service as an advantage. And we've reached an agreement with a company about 18 months ago where they agreed that strategy. They agreed that the strategy going forward um, would be not just to turn Royal Mail into uh, another gig economy uh, courier company, which is what they now want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was about actually broadening the, the services and building on the trust that postal workers uniquely have on the doorstep with customers. And we think that there could be some great new services that could be developed both socially to add social value um, but also to build local businesses and grow local economies. And the, the company's just abandoned that strategy in favour of uh, moving to a, another gig economy employer. So at the same time, uh, as we're fighting over pay, we've got a second ballot uh, that's been agreed, um, uh, overwhelmingly endorsed by members of it, was 98.7% voted yes uh, in on change. And... You know, our members are not going to be able to survive uh, through this winter uh, on the type of offer that Royal Mail or the increase that Royal Mail have put forward. Now, it comes against the background, and I'll say the same in British uh, Telecom, where that imbalance of power and wealth that I speak about is, is out there for everybody to see. So in Royal Mail, they made uh, record profits for two years on the trot, during the pandemic, our members made that profit. They made huge personal sacrifices during the um, pandemic as key workers. Same in British Telecom. And they made, British Telecom, uh, £1.3 billion last year. They made four hundred million, over £400 million in the first quarter of this year. They imposed uh, a pay rise on the workforce. Mm-hmm. And people are saying, we ain't having that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not enough. And then they gave away, in the middle of knowing that all of these issues were out there, they chose to give to give away. In BT's case, um, over nearly seven hundred and sixty-one million pounds went to shareholders, uh-huh. and in Royal Mail's case, four hundred million pounds went to shareholders. And then they imposed the pay offers that are simply not enough against the current level of inflation. So little wonder, I suppose, that our members have voted so strongly in favour of strikes. And also, you know, the BT uh, CEO, he received a 32% increase in his own earnings, taking his salary up to £3.5 million. That's, he's also got all the shares that will be worth something. You know, yeah. I, I think there's a complete uh, loss of confidence in the way that, these big companies are being run. And I think people have seen and realised now that when we talk about how you join some of these issues with the realities of some of the social issues, that that is the type of trade unionism that we need in the UK. So, you know, we're up for it. Our members are up for it. I have to say, Owen, we're we're in this for the long haul. Mm -hmm. Um, We also understand, though, that in, in times of a cost of living crisis, 
you know, this is this is quite difficult for our members. So we've got to be sensible and we've got to bring other tactics to the table and we will. And we're gonna we're gonna really put the pressure on these companies. Now we're gonna start talking about the need to introduce pay ratios. We're gonna start talking about the need to bring in um, you know, between the CEOs and, and the senior managers and the, and the workforce, the need to, you know, in times of crisis, to challenge the company that going forward as part of a solution to these pay packages, they're not going to just give all of that money away to shareholders. Now, we've got an extractive system in this country, a, a complete um, myth about the value of privatisation in some of these big uh, services that and utilities that we need in the UK, uh, where you know they keep saying that investment goes in, but it's all coming out, and it's going into the pockets of the senior managers, and it's going into the pockets of the major shareholders, right. and it's a game that they've been playing for years, and we ain't letting them get away with it anymore. So you know, it's they're very serious disputes, like the others, and at the moment, you know, I've got to say the companies are digging in, um, we're digging in. Uh, let's see how it develops, but we're aware of all of the circumstances and we will be coming up with tactics, uh, you know, that will gain uh, and continue to show that we're in this long haul. And, and also, I'd say that the public will continue to support us. We're, we're awaiting, as we speak, the results of a poll from Servation about our own, uh, the Royal Mail strike at the moment. And we're very confident that the public will come out in significant numbers and show their support. And we'll, we'll you know, start to tap into that as well as, as the dispute moves forward. Um, your point about coordinated strike action, general strikes. On one hand, I, I understand that, you know, any coordination that you can do raises the profile of disputes. What I've always said to people is, you know, when you talk about a general strike, what's the objective of it? Mm -hmm. What is it that you're trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. And can you deliver it? And it's time to be serious about these issues. And I don't think you can actually deliver a general strike in the UK at this point in time. Yeah. I think what you've got to do, and I don't think the objectives from for people are, are clear enough. So my take on it is, is unions need to be very focused on the their own disputes on one level because you've got to win those disputes for the members mm -hmm. who have run for strike action. Um, and where you can coordinate strike action, we should do that. But what I think I'll come back to is the strategy that we're developing is that unions, this these disputes don't need to be win or lose from our perspective. They need to be win and build and where enough enough come comes into this is that you can pivot to that campaign yeah. and that's where you start to build the wider support uh, and the forms of collective action that really bring workers together through that so it's about pushing the boundaries it's about doing that in, in a way that there's a plan I, i've never believed again I, I think i've used this phrase with you before i don't believe in putting your head down and running at people. Um, you know, you've got to think through how you you take these disputes forward and how you, you win. And that's what we're doing at the moment uh, in the CWU. And I believe a lot of other unions are in the same place. Just quickly, lastly, um, you said before about enough is enough filling a vacuum. And I think the 
another big elephant in the room there is the Labour Party and the Labour leadership. Keir Starmer was elected leader on a 10 pledges, uh, commitment to radical domestic policies and party unity, completely junks that. I mean, I'm interested to know, do you think Keir Starmer's a liar? And do you think, um, do you think, you know, the CWU is one of the affiliated unions? Is it a good use of your money to keep bankrolling a party, which frankly is doing this in your face mm -hmm. repeatedly and showing complete and utter contempt for the things and the policies and the members' interests that you represent? Um, I, I think that, you know, uh, the 10 pledges you refer to, we also had pledges from all of the, the leaders, uh, sorry, all of the, the candidates for the leader of the Labour Party. We wrote to them as a trade union and asked them to give us their personal pledges. Yeah. Um, and we had a democratic forum where we put all of that information out um, to our branches and to our members. And then the branches came together in the most democratic way and they analysed all of the pledges. And, you know, we supported, as you may recall, we supported Rebecca Long Bailey um, in that race. But if I look at the pledges that Keir Starmer put forward, I don't see any of them at the moment being honoured. Um, and there's not, you can't sugarcoat that. You can't, you can't hide away from that, and we don't. But equally, I, I think that enough's enough is part of a strategy that the CWU has been pushing called building collectivism, where we've been on this line for some time. Um, so we, we're not taken by surprise by these events. And it will be difficult when Keir Starmer and the Labour leadership have not been uh, vocal enough, have completely misunderstood, I think, the mood in, in the country. Um, it will be very difficult when we go to our conference next time round to defend the Labour Party. Uh, and I, I'm sure that, you know, at that point, we will no doubt get branches who will put forward motions calling for disaffiliation. I always think that you've got to, you've got to have your own strategy. You've got to decide what you're going to do and worry less about what they're doing. Uh, and enough's enough will, if it's successful, will drive the Labour Party into the right place. If the Labour Party at that point still chooses not to set out a clear vision for working class people, well, then they're going to pay the price for that. And I look at the polls at the moment, and we all know that given what we were talking about earlier, you know, with, uh, with two candidates who are, are both trying to rehash uh, ultra sort of right-wing Thatcherism in every policy that they're putting forward, then perhaps little wonder that Labour are ahead in the polls. But I'm not convinced that that will stay that way mm -hmm. because I, I think they're lacking courage at the moment to set out what their vision is for the country. They've got time, and I would rather have a Labour government than a Tory government. We all would. But I'm, I'm genuinely worried about whether we're going to be in a place that a government gets elected and then just doesn't tinkers at the edges again. So enough's enough. And this wave of disputes that's going on at the moment, 
will change the face of politics in the UK. Not by saying that we're going to do this and that, by the actions that we take. And let's hope that as part of that, we can genuinely come forward with sensible solutions. Mm. And that's what we want to do. I'd love to give a platform to some of the economists, including you know people like yourself, where as the enough enough campaign builds, we actually start getting people on who can who can talk about ways that you can introduce democratic forms of public ownership that will be beneficial to everybody in the UK that will actually take back control of our utilities in the same way that, that that's going on in France and will protect working class people and provide first class efficient services. So I'm not a fan of saying let's go back to you know the 1970s and, mm -hmm. and all of that. This is to be dealt with in today's circumstances with strategies and ideas that will get gain the support uh, of people across the UK. Uh, and that's why I think Labour at the moment have got to decide you know where they sit. They've got to come off the fence. I don't actually think that the current Labour leadership uh, are going to do that. Uh, let, let's see. Let's hope that they do. Uh, I did speak to Keir Starmer last week uh, about a range of issues, the first time for a long time. He knows our views on that. Let's see what they do. Amen, Dave. Well, look, everyone out there, I'm sure, will be watching this, listening to this, supporting Enough is Enough and going to the rallies. And it'll be very fascinating to see what's planned, given the scale of the disaster facing millions of people across the country. And Enough is Enough plays will play, I think, a central leadership role given the vacuum we just discussed. Dave, it's always a pleasure. Obviously, solidarity with CWU members across the piece, taking industrial action and standing up for themselves, not just themselves, but also encouraging other workers to do the same as them as well. Uh, it's a huge honour as ever. So cheers, Dave. Thanks. Speak to you soon. Bye. Speak soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.